Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. I felt like yesterday this kind of flew under the radar a little bit. And then now today it's, it's starting to pick up momentum because people realize that if the Lakers are having a coaching search and LeBron is not invited in, forget about whether or not he eventually gets a seat at the table, whatever, but he's not invited in, that at first – and it imperils their relationship. Like, there's a non-negligible chance that he might not be a Laker to start next season. Like, that's a huge story. Anyway, we, we, we started getting into that yesterday. And then Stephen A. said this on first take. I want to announce to the American public that I think the Los Angeles Lakers should strongly consider trading LeBron James. The Los Angeles Lakers, as presently constructed, are going nowhere. He's the only person that has extreme value. You the Lakers, where you going? You got nothing. You know, I, I understand what Stephen A is saying, but they're, you know, whether or not the, the Lakers are considering it or strongly considering it or thinking about it or whether LeBron James is thinking about it based on the way that the front office is constructed, because it seems like to me, from an outsider looking in, is that LeBron James, Clutch Management, Rich Paul, Anthony Davis have been stripped of their power to influence the Lakers brass. Seems like that to me. Based on the John Wall for Westbrook first-round pick trade didn't go through, the things that you're hearing on who is to blame, who's pointing the finger at who based on the outcome of this season, the fact that now – Phil Jackson's name has emerged as a person uh, who is hovering around Crypto Arena, El Segundo, with his influence, that they've now been stripped of that. And I think LeBron James would not want that. So maybe he's looking somewhere else. He's not involved in what's going on. And if the Lakers decided to move on from one of the greatest players in NBA history, I wouldn't be shocked or surprised because if you take a look around the NBA, Jay, and you know this because you cover it. You played in it. You cover it. You're down in Memphis. You got a chance to see them young guns go at it with Golden State the other night. That's what it is. It's Boston. It's Memphis. It's Minnesota. You know, yeah, you got some a core group together at Golden State, but they still got some young guns that can still go. That's the way the Lakers should look at it. And if they decide to keep Anthony Davis and LeBron James, get rid of everybody else, you need to get some young horses, some starving young horses to build that team. Max, you ready for this? Ready. This is right down your alley. Key, and this is going to – this is interesting your side too. We talk a lot about legacy. You know, when, when we talk about Stephen Curry, Max will talk about, well, if he wins one, you know, getting another one in the finals MVP, what that will do. Now, LeBron has won multiple finals MVPs. He's gotten to multiple world championships. He's lost a lot, but he's gotten there a ton, already has four. What happens to the legacy of LeBron James at this stage of his career if he's wanted to be in L.A. and the Lakers trade him? How do you guys think about LeBron James if that trade actually went down, Max. So, well, does he win another championship? I don't know. Say he doesn't win another. Cha- say he doesn't win another championship. 
I, I say that. That's it, the, say, yeah. It frames the end of his career as a declining player when to me it's unclear whether or not he's still the best player in the league. But I, I think it's – I think Ooh, it's – you know what? Man. That's what, what I'm saying. It changed. See, Max, no, no, that's my thought, right? No, no, what I was going to say. You know, he's playing at an MVP level, but then it turns into that, what yes. Max just said. Yeah. That's crazy to me. It, it may even turn into a little – it may turn into something worse depending on yes. how the exit is, right? If the exit is LeBron's leaving because he, he doesn't want to deal with it, now he's getting ready to turn his back on all the L.A. fan base. That's the way they're going to perceive it. I'm just telling you, Jay, as somebody who was born and raised in this city, who lived on the, in this city for 50 years and, and watched everybody all the way from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to where we are now. I watched Norm Nixon go to, the, go to the Clippers and Byron Scott come in from Arizona State as a kid. I've watched it all. They will turn on LeBron James if he decided to leave on his own. If the Lakers decided to trade LeBron James, then people will say they traded LeBron James because they needed to get better and get rid of the controlling nature of LeBron and Clutch and all of that. Therefore, he still would have a place to a degree in the hearts of L.A. fans. If he leaves, though, on his own, oh, no. Meaning, like, if he was to ask for a trade or leave after this season and go somewhere else, Oh, man, it wouldn't but be But, to, to build on your point about him getting traded, there also is a narrative, and I've heard Brian Windhorst say this on our show multiple times, that LeBron comes in, wins you a championship, but then burns your organization down. You so ain't then, the only person. I, that's what I'm saying. So then that narrative becomes perpetuated even more so because it fits into this same timeline of what happened in Miami what happened in Cleveland? It fits into all that. Although, look at Miami and Cleveland now. Like Cleveland's young, up and coming. Yeah, but it's taken Miami's, Cleveland a long time. First time Cleveland's gone back to the playoffs well, since that's LeBron. That's true, but that's Cleveland's the- fault, right? Like Cleveland was drafting first overall for a million years before LeBron got back, couldn't buy a win, and and since but he it's left- not all Cleveland's fault, man, because they they got the house for LeBron. They also traded for some other assets to get one with him. Like they, no, no. What I'm all, saying, just- what, what I'm saying is. When LeBron left Cleveland the first time, they wouldn't put a team around him. That's why he left. Went in his absence, right? When Dan Gilbert thought he was doing LeBron such a favor by, you know, in his absence, they drafted first basically every year because they were the worst team in basketball, basically, right? Then he comes back. They're great again. Then he leaves, and now they're good again, right? They're, they're ascending. Miami, because it's a Pat Riley organization, has a few down years here and there, of course, but are basically competitive every year. Right, they're just a competitive franchise, um, so I don't know if the facts fit the he leaves your franchise in shambles story. But I, I'll say this: but Max, it's taken just a, it, it's taken both those teams multiple years to recover. Well, okay, from but what what's the trade off? Like, here, tell a Knicks fan: hey, Knicks fan, you can win a championship, be in the finals every year, win a championship, and then he's going to leave, and you're going to be in shambles for like the next three years. Knicks fan, to sit there going, "We've been in shambles for fifty. Like, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah, I'll take a yeah, championship." But that's, the, but that's the Knicks, though, uh, Max. It's Most not teams Miami. would take a championship to it's stick. It's not for Miami. Three years. It's not the Lakers, and I understand exactly what you're saying, Jay. He does leave the organization. In shambles. Somebody else uh, that deals with the NBA on a daily basis, that deals with these executives on a daily basis, said the same thing to me. But flip it around. They've said it multiple times about what happens when he leaves 
an organization, he leaves them in shambles. Flip it around, Key. That's what it is. Think about the Sixers. They tanked for years. That was called the process. So who cares if you stink before or after the championship? You want a chip or not because the Sixers process hasn't resulted in a chip yet, but they did stink for years. If LeBron shows up and you win a chip, even one, and then you have to stink for a little while after, almost every fan base would make that deal, right? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you make that deal? You, you, make the, you make the deal, but you also know what's coming after you make that deal. You, you, do you want to live like that? Do the Lakers want to, for the next five years, try to rebuild to get back to a championship? Do you think Six he's years. out of there or he's staying put? Man, I don't know, man. I, I really honestly don't know. If, if I'm it, the Lakers, it, I don't want him to go anywhere. I got the big like the Lakers formula has always been. Let's get the biggest or two of the three biggest stars in in the sport and crush everybody. Right, win chips. Let everyone else slowly develop young talent to maybe one day get you to know a how conference people, finals. That's not the Lakers, Jay. You know how people feelings are, man. When yep. when people feelings get involved, he had a he had a nasty, well documented exchange in his camp. Had a well documented exchange. With Phil Jackson. Yeah, that's if Phil issue. Jackson is in the mix, controlling or being a part of it, whatever, whether he's controlling or just a part of it publicly, how does that sit with LeBron and Rich Paul in clutch? How does that sit with them, Jay? I would think it's not sitting well. Well, and the thing is, too, like Phil Jackson came in on the back end with Frank Vogel. Like, I don't know how that sat with their team, too, but they won a championship. So at this time, if – his camp is not hearing any word about the moves that they're making and not having a seat at the table. It's a pretty big thing, man, for a player that's still in the MVP conversation. Let's get Jeff Van Gundy, ESPN NBA analyst and uh, excellent Knicks coach of the past, back when I used to root for the Knicks. Coach, you've said all year on this show that the Lakers were a bad basketball team. Should they move on from LeBron, if it's their choice, or try to rebuild around him? Well, I think when you get rid of great players, you have to be very careful when you get rid of great players. So, you know, I think that should be a last-ditch sort of thing. But it's going to be hard for them to rebuild. And Davis and James are often injured now. They traded away their depth last year. I don't know how they replenish their depth. They're in a struggle right now, and it's going to be hard to get out of. Yeah, coach, although, is, is this a ba- is this a bad job? Is this is this job a bad job as it's constructed today? Well, I think it all depends on what you're comparing it to. If you're comparing it to like working outside on a roof in a hundred degree weather, it's the <laughs> best job you could ever possibly have, which is coaching <laughs> NBA basketball. But with within its own uh, within the NBA right now, I think it is a challenging one in that there's no great path to sustained, uh, you know, good play uh, because of those roster issues I was just addressing. But it's the Lakers, and the Lakers have historically found their way back to success, and so. I think it's still a good job. It could be a really good job if they can figure out some of these roster things and if James and Davis are still bought in and healthy. I mean, that's a lot to go right, 
but the Lakers historically have gotten it right. Coach, uh, I heard Jason Kidd last night say that the Mavericks can't win with just Luka alone. Now, obviously, they need Jalen Brunson, they need Spencer Dinwiddie to get better. But in order for the Mavericks to take the next step, I'm curious, what player do you think is out there that could fit next to Luka that can – obviously, they need to change a little bit of their system to the grid because Luka just dominates the ball. Maybe you feel differently about that. But is there a player out there that you think would be the right pairing with Luka to help this team go next next level about winning a championship? Well, last, the first two games of this series have been about their inability to get stops. So, like, last night I think Phoenix shot 64% and just carved up a really good Dallas defense. And, and, and frankly, Luka, uh, you know, he's got to play better at that end of the floor. Like, he's got to be able to guard the ball better. And I think anybody, any player letting themselves off the hook for last night's defense, particularly Doncic, if you're going to get better at that end of the floor, it starts with your best player accepting uh, responsibility for his play at that end. But I I think the ball-dominant, the heavy ball-dominant guard, I mean, he's gone one step above – James Harden for ball dominance, even back when James Harden was with Houston. And I think it's, I think Doncic is the hardest guy to guard in the league now. Like, I think he's that good. Uh, I just, I'm mesmerized by the talent. And yet I ask myself, like when I watch just how difficult it must be to play with play on that team because you get the ball so infrequently and you know it's going to be a high pick and roll with Doncic. If it's a switch, it's going to be an ISO. It's not that he, he doesn't pass the ball. He does pass the ball. But that dominance of a ball of the ball in one person's hands, I'm not sure exactly how you surround that player uh, the very best other than to have shooting and you know, as many defensive-minded players as you can. But I don't have a perfect guy because how would you fit in offensively uh, with Doncic? I think it's difficult. Hey, Coach, so how would what do you do with Doncic then? Because, as you say, it's so effective what he does, but it's like the short-term gains maybe blind you to the long-term goal, right? How do you coach Doncic in that case? How do you best use him? Well, I think they've used him great. I mean, again, he is so darn good. And it's not like they have a lot of – I mean, they traded for Dinwiddie. I thought at first I didn't think that was a good trade. Now it's turned out to be, I think, good for both teams, uh, for Washington and for Dallas. You know, the Brunson thing, I think Brunson has shown how good he is when Doncic, you know, didn't play in the first three games – of the Utah series melding it all together though is really hard taking advantage of Doncic's incredible gifts and skills and size and I think we overlooked the size you know he looks like LeBron James out there to me he's that big um, with that vision but how you meld that all together so that other guys can reach their highest potential too and combine it all together, man, that's a challenge. Because Doncic has had the ball in his hands ever since he was, 
you know, in Dallas. I mean, where he has been the dominant guy. And to change that even a little bit is going to be challenging. Mm. The coach, Jeff Van Gundy, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Coach, how much better, if at all, the Suns are over the Golden State Warriors? Well, I think that would be a heck of a series. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they are necessarily better. I think, you know, they would obviously have the advantage of the home court. I think Chris Paul would be challenged defensively in that series. Um, you know, who would, who would he guard um, if they play in Poole, Curry, and Thompson together? I think that would be interesting. Uh, I like what Phoenix did in the offseason uh, with McGee, more size at the basket in the backup center spot, and Biombo. So they're well protected there. Uh, and so I think obviously Phoenix has had the better year, but, and I think this is a big caveat, but that's with major injuries to the Warriors. Come, if they meet in the Western Conference Finals, I think it could be an epic series. And I, I, I think Phoenix would be favored, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Golden State won that series. Jeff Van Gundy, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. An operative word in that statement that you just said, Jeff, was if they get there. I know they are the favorite to get there over Memphis. But I'm curious, with everything happening in Memphis, do you believe that Dylan Brooks should be suspended for Game 3? I'm going to take a step back. I think the play that Dylan Brooks – uh, committed was reckless, but I have been remiss as has a lot of media members. I think been remiss in addressing this throughout the year, this horizontal club swing to try to block shots has been around for a while now. And when it misses the head and gets the ball for a block shot, we talk about, you know, what a great play it is. But when a guy swings the same way and it's an inch off and it clips someone like Gary Payton in the head, we call it reckless. What we need to do is outlaw the play in its entirety. Mm -hmm. Just like a guy who throws an elbow that does not connect is hit with a technical foul, we need to legislate that that reckless club horizontal swing that misses is a technical foul and if it hits it's an automatic flagrant two and you're ejected because this goes right to player safety it needs to be eliminated dylan brooks is not the first nor the last to do this the only difference is from what we say is a good play versus a reckless play is whether he misses the block and, and hits him in the head. And I think, like I said, myself, when I've seen it in the game, I haven't called it out when it's missed, but it's, it's too dangerous to allow in any form. Thus, I would not suspend him. I would not suspend him because as a league, we haven't taken care of it. Mm. Jeff, I know you're calling the game three 
of Warriors Grizzlies on Saturday, 8.30 on ABC. And when I think of the word physical, I, I go to the Bucks celtics series because I see that I'm like, okay, that, that reminds me of 90s basketball to a degree, the physicality of that game. But you use the word reckless when you, when you talk about Grizzlies and Warriors. Do you think they're – do you think the NBA and the referees will stop that from occurring? Because we've had two games in a row now. That's Draymond pulling the jersey and then Dylan Brooks as well. Well, I don't really look at it as an official's uh, thing to correct. I mean, I-, I didn't agree with the Draymond Green ejection. Uh, you know, people said, is it a one or a two flagrant foul? I thought it was a 1.74. And so I wouldn't have, you know, thrown him out but I understand why they did the Dylan Brooks one to me was an easy one uh, to get right. And they got it right. The referees to me on those type of plays can only go by what they see and what the precedent is in the league. I, I like you, Jay. I don't think it's physical. I don't think that series, I think that series is, is so is very, you have finesse. It's a finesse series with a couple of questionable plays. And whereas the physicality, like you mentioned of Boston uh, and Milwaukee, Boston to me is so equipped defensively with their size and strength that they're just naturally strong and tough and physical, as is Milwaukee. And, you know, that's totally different than a couple of, you know, reckless plays. Yeah, and when I was a kid watching basketball, the head coach of the Knicks would uh, talk about physical, would hold on to the opposing center's leg like a pit bull when teams got into it. This is nothing compared to back then, the great Jeff Van Gundy, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Coach, as always. All right, right, thank you, guys. Take care. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Which quarterbacks will bounce back in 2002? He tells you next on ESPN Radio. 22. Oh. What? <laughs> 2002. I was what? in college. What did I say? What did I call Monica McNutt? Where's that? Narnia drop? McNutt. Narnia Mc... <laughs> In 2002. <laughs> That's only, I'm only off by, come on. What are you nitpicking? It's 20 years, Jay. Big deal. <laughs> Key tells you next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn. Max, we having fun. Jay Will. Yeah, Max. And Max. We had two minutes of fun. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Believe it or Believe not. It or not Evan, you want to do the honors here? Let's do it. Let's go, Elvon. <laughs> 
Thank yes, you. thank you, Jordan. <laughs> right, believe it or not, time. What do you got, Evan? It's Nash, we're having fun. I don't know. I saw. It Come on, before, before we actually, was... before we I actually wanted, have I fun. I want to key to nail that solo. Before Great we job, actually team. have fun, Evan, I just want to say one thing to you. Yes. You remind me of an old head coach I used to have, but I'm no, not going to mention his name. Sean McVay. You, you, you look at somebody, and the first thing you think is something different than what it really is. I just want to say that. Let's go. Move it along. How you like your fun okay. now, Evan? Evan, are you How having you like fun the yet? Fun now, Evan. You having fun yet? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm Let's have some more fun. Yes. Shave your mustache, Evan. Let's go. Somebody's uh, going to be looking through my emails later. And, Billy, well, you're so stupid. <laughs> Billy, you're so stupid. <laughs> Somebody's going to be looking through my. Uh oh. Oh boy. Uh oh. I hope not. Hey, Let's bye. go. Baby. Move along. <laughs> All right, here hey, we go. Yo. <laughs> what are we doing? QBs who can bounce back in 2022. Here we go. Key, believe it or not, Daniel Jones bounces back in 2022. Not. I don't even think he gets to the full year of 2022 football season. Six games in, Tyrod Taylor will be the starter. Daniel Jones will be holding the clipboard pouting. New York Post will be all over it. New York Daily News, uh, New Jersey Times, everything you can think of, Daniel Jones will not bounce back. Max, watch this. We're going to shift that energy because we're going to be positive about my damn Giants. Daniel Jones will bounce back. He is the guy. He will continue to be guy the whole year. I don't believe it. Uh, bounce back? Back to what? What do you mean bounce back? Like, oh, he just had an off year. He, he's getting bounced. That's, that's the only thing I believe. Bounce back to not tripping. <clears throat> Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, the great Russell Wilson, bounces back in 2022. Believe it or not, Keith. So much hate in that voice, Evan. I think he will bounce back in terms of having a better season than he had in Seattle derailed because of an injury, but I don't think that the Denver Broncos will go anywhere with that bounce back. It's not about the Denver Broncos. It's about his individual play bouncing back. And, yes, Russell Wilson was injured last year. Give this man the credit that he deserves. He's a top-10 quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he'll bounce back. Russell Wilson – only uh, look, he's he's a huge winner every year. Well, it's a system. I don't care. Bad quarterback ain't going to win ten games plus every year, except for the one year he wins nine. Right, his entire career, they had a bad year. He'll be back, I especially thought, on a better team. Yeah, I thought Matt Ryan had a good year last year, so I'm actually going to skip Matt Ryan because I'm not sure what he's bouncing back from. Whoever put this list to oh me, uh, Sam Darnold bounces back 2022. Key, believe it or not. Not. I think Sam Darnold is a good quarterback. I had a lot of belief in him, and I still believe in him. But I think because of the situation in Carolina, they drafted a quarterback. They're looking to do something else at another position. Maybe they bring in another guy in free agency. Who knows what's going to go on? But the coach in Matt Rule is under so much pressure to get it done. He's going to be moving guys in and out of the lineup, screwing things up. He will not bounce back because of that. Yeah, I'll say he, he'll bounce back. You know why? Because they'll have CMT, have Christian McCaffrey. And, and, and that's what helps. When you have a running back like that, that gives you the optionality. Let's not act like before uh, Christian McCaffrey got hurt, Sam Darnold was looking pretty good. We were raving about him. Then yes. when you lose one of your top running backs, they'll say, oh, he's horrible. He'll be, he'll be yeah, just fine. That, that is correct. Yeah, I agree with you. Ryan Tannehill doesn't want to mentor Malik Willis, but will he bounce <laughs> back from what he was in the playoffs? Will oh. we see him be the Regular season Ryan Tannehill or the postseason Ryan Tannehill? Key, believe it or not, Ryan Tannehill bounces back from his postseason interceptions. Not. I don't believe he will bounce back. I think what you will see 
is a guy sputtering alone. This offense is going to be predicated on Derrick Henry running the football just like it's always been. And the only difference is they will not ask Matt Ryan to do some of the things they asked him to do in the playoffs in the regular season, which is give the football to the other team. Yeah, I, I don't know. Bounce back. I just I, I feel like whenever I hear Ryan Tannehill's name, I'm just I expect average. Is that bad, Max? Yeah, I think it's average. he looked above average for a while, but I I agree with Key here. I think that I think that was the beginning of the end for him based on the way he's handled things since then. So it's not that he'll be a terrible quarterback, but I saw him as ascending before and I see him descending now. Mm. Baker Mayfield. Max loves when we make like Baker Mayfield Baker jokes. So will Baker Mayfield cook it up? Roll back. <laughs> will he cook it up yeah. in 2022? What do we expect from ba- or will it be burnt? Will, what do we expect from Baker rise? Mayfield? <laughs> will it be leavened bread? Now, leavened? I, have to, I have to take two seconds to think about this one because I believe he will bounce back only if he goes to Seattle. If he goes to Seattle, he bounces back because he beats out Drew Locke and he'll stay healthy and have a good season. But if he doesn't go anywhere, then he won't be bouncing back. He'll just be sitting on the couch. So I just want to make it clear, bouncing back for Baker Mayfield is just him getting a starting position in the NFL, correct? Well, That's what we're saying, posi- yes. Starting That's position bouncing back. And doing, yeah, yeah, yeah essentially, like, yes. I'm not even worried about what you're playing, how you're playing. I'm worried about you just getting a starting spot that is bouncing yeah. back. So, uh, yeah, yes, I hope he does bounce back. back. I would say, Evan, that this year, maybe in the future, he'll bounce back. Don't forget, he was a playoff quarterback not long ago. But for this year, he is baking matzah, Evan, unleavened. No yeast, as Key would say. He's not going to rise. Uh, I have nothing else. Drew Locke, he's in Seattle now. He might be the starter if it's not Baker Mayfield. Believe it or not, Drew Locke bounces back in 2022 with Seattle, Key. Not. I don't I don't believe in Drew Locke. I don't think he's the, the answer for Seattle, they had to take something back in the Russell Wilson trade. He was the guy that they took back. I still think that they're waiting to figure out how they could get Baker Mayfield in the fold without paying a portion of the $18.9 million due to him on his salary this year. I actually believe he might bounce back if they're able to retain DK Metcalf and, and lock it. I mean, he'll have some options to work with. Again, bounce back. If you have a basketball and it doesn't have any air in it and you try to dribble it, it doesn't bounce back, right? Like it it hits the ground and kind of comes up a very little bit. Drew Locke was never all the way up to begin with, so I don't know what he's bouncing back to. I got to say, uh, no, no, I don't believe it. Mitch Trubisky, Key's guy. He's in Pittsburgh now with the Steelers. Does he bounce back, Key, believe it or not? I believe. I absolutely believe. I'll go down in flames believing this. I'm taking a Dan Orlowski approach. I am holding on for dear life that Mitch Trubisky bounces back. Yes, he was there with Brian Dable. Yes, he played in the preseason. Yes, they saw good things out of him in training camp and in in practice. Different in games. But I also believe if you really break down his film and you look at him in Chicago under Matt Nagy, very difficult situation, led a team to the playoffs twice. Not only that, I think Mike Tomlin in that offense is built for a guy like this, has the mobility, can dink and dunk, put the ball in Najee Harris's hands, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are rolling. Although these guys with me on this show, Heckle and Jekyll, don't feel like he can line up with the other three quarterbacks within the division. All right. Uh, bounce back, I'm not sure. Uh, let's see how he does if Kenny Pickett ends up starting. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's see how that 
plays out, Kenny. So let's see how he does if Kenny Pickett winds up starting. Well, I don't think he'll be doing anything but holding a clipboard. Right, he'll yes. be bouncing back to 2021 levels <laughs> on the bench. But if he does, but I think he will bounce back either to that backup role or if he gets the chance to start, if he wins this job, I think he will be pretty good. I look back at those Bears years now and think, oh, look at that. Behind that O-line, he got him to the playoffs. Pretty good. All right, last one. New, another guy, another new team, Marcus Mariota in Atlanta replacing Matt Ryan. Believe it or not, Marcus Mariota bounces back with a Falcons key. I think he bounces back from where he was as a backup in Las Vegas behind Derek Carr, but I don't know that he bounces back, so I would say not where he was when he lost his job to Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Now, remember, if I, if my mind serves me correctly, Arthur Smith was on that staff when he was benched for Ryan Tannehill. Correct. So it'll be interesting to see how much leeway Arthur Smith gives him in that situation. He wasn't the play caller. He was on the staff. So it'll be interesting to see. So not I, as of now. I'll roll with you on that one, Key. I think he'll bounce back. I think Mariota – little better than we think of him. So I think if he gets a chance to start, he'll, he'll you know, sur- surpass expectations. I don't hear it yes. in your voice, Max. Don't hear it in your voice. Well, I'm not excited about him, but I, I think he's slightly underrated. Get a little more excited. I think he's slightly Marcus, underrated. Marcus Mariota makes you excited, Max? No, but he asked for a performance, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, phrasing! Well, I mean, you know, you could always be, you know, bland in the situation. But give me some excitement, Max Kellerman. Are you not entertained? You can always be Marcus Mariota in a situation. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive <laughs> <Yes>. Insurance. <laughs> That's called being set up. Uh, a year later, Trevor Lawrence is still number one in Key's mind. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Two-time Super Bowl champion, Key. His yeah. opinion is twice as important as yours. Infinitely more important than mine and Jay's. Hey, I'm a champion, Max. Speak for yourself. All right. Well, then just me. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. So interesting, interesting thing happened today. Um, I'm here in Memphis, and mm-hmm. we ordered breakfast from a deli, simple deli yes. called Bogey's Deli. And... Um, you know, bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich, something like that. Okay, and uh, I end up getting, uh, what are these things called, Justin? Yeah, a fortune cookie um, for breakfast. And I didn't really know about it. I, I, I was kind of like, all right, this is it's not a Chinese spot, like, but it's a deli. I got a fortune cookie. Maybe I'll get lucky. And I opened it, and it said, in great attempts, it is glorious to even fail. What the hell does that mean? 
And why am I starting my morning off reading a bad fortune cookie? Why is there a fortune cookie in my breakfast to begin with? How is that a bad fortune? Yeah. In great attempts, it is glorious even to fail. I don't want to fail. But as opposed to never attempting at all. Yeah. You you attempted something and you fail, but some people won't even attempt to, like me, I don't even attempt to get in the ocean. I don't even attempt it. Why would I attempt if I know I have a chance to fail? What? Jay, I'm I'm shocked at you. A superstar athlete like you, two-time NC2A player of the year like you? I dare you, Jay. But see, see, Max, this is the problem. Now I'm in my own head about everything I do about am I going to fail because I got a damn fortune cookie that already pre-described what my destination is. all the athletes love the man in the arena nowadays, right? It is not the critic who counts. This is Teddy Roosevelt giving a speech. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit, Jay and Key, belong to the man, not to me, but to you. The man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who comes short again and again. Do you this know this is, by heart, or are you reading this off I'm your reading you're not oh, okay. <laughs> at the inauguration or anything. <laughs> but look. Check this out, though, uh, Jay. The most important thing of all is, did you eat the damn fortune cookie? You know I did. Yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, you, I have to. I, when I see a fortune cookie, I have to eat it. Yeah, I don't eat fortune cookies anymore. You don't? Not eat, anymore? Uh, not anymore. I used to eat it with the dollar Chinese food, but that was it. Yeah. I'm, I'm past that now. You're past, so you don't order. <laughs> but why is there a fortune cookie in my breakfast? It's not a Chinese spot. I don't understand. I'm so you sure You sure it's not an, some sort of Asian deli? Yeah, it's a regular deli. It's Bogey's what, what Deli. What was the name of it again? Bogey's Deli in oh, East Bogey's Memphis. Oh, Bogey's Deli. Bogey's Deli in Memphis. Call Did it 901 Does it seem regionally? <laughs> does it really seem regionally? It seem but, like you know, Chinese to me. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. But, hey, who knows? It's a special. But what if they dropped it? What if they dropped it in there by mistake? But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Keep reading it. I'm killing five seconds. Keep reading it to break, Max. We're back in ten seconds. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Nice try, Max Kellen. Didn't work. <laughs> I don't know, it, it, Key. It's like, first... if you have bread and butter, are you having bread? Like, you know, it seems to me you are. You are. Chicken right? and rice, you're still it's having guys, rice. This guy's having espresso and tequila. Tell me why he's not bouncing off the wall. That is coffee. Key, you have any peanut butter? No, man, I just had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. There's no peanut butter in there. <laughs> oh, you know what's so crazy? You brought that up. I was dreaming of peanut butter and jelly last night. Oh, what's you, you mean, were peanut dream- butter and what? jelly is good to this Wait, day? Yes. Wait. I was just thinking about I needed to get some bread and some peanut butter in the crib. Yeah, man. What? Toast up the bread and I put it on some nah, toast. Man. I don't need to toast. Oh yeah, nowadays yeah, no, I, get I like it soft. Put, I like put it some soft. Peanut with... butter on it, and Key starts dreaming about it. No, no, I started. I, I started thinking about it <laughs> while I was watching the game. 
and I wanted a snack, so I do it for a snack. I don't really eat sweets like that, so peanut butter and jelly is my. See, I, I got to do it on the, the healthy non bread bread, right? You know, like Ezekiel What's bread the or whatever. Non bread bread. You what know, like that? they have these different brands of bread. There's no flour bread. in it and stuff. And nah, yeah, nah, that's what I me, do because I don't. Give want me wonders, snack. man. Let's keep it moving. Four twenty two. Yeah, we haven't had wonders since the early. Four twenty. What? No, that's a lie. It's like four twenty two. That's a lie. It's healthy. Yeah, healthy. It's healthy it's a lie. in the world. So, you Time know. out, Kate. When's the last time you had Wonder Bread? About a month ago when I had Phillips Barbecue oh, on the so corner good. of Crenshaw and Adams. Okay. Right. It's it, they give it to you, you know, two white slices. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, very specific. Well, you said, you, <laughs> hey, you asked a question, I gave you an answer. <laughs> then you get older, people try to tell you, no, the what wheat bread actually that, tastes better than the Wonder Bread. You're like, oh, shut up, stop it. Key, no, you can get wheat, you can get wheat Wonder Bread. Calm down with that. The 12.22 p.m. Pacific time, is that what time you ate it also? What was the weather like? Degrees? So oh, we're up 75 Fahrenheit. No, we could talk about the weather Fahrenheit. or or 0% <laughs> of the respondents said we should talk about the weather in this segment, guys. 0%. But 15% plus said Brady's eighth Super Bowl. 24.8% said Luca's Robin to his Batman. Who should it be? Exactly 24.8% also said Butler versus Harden. Who would you mm. take? Thirty-four point nine percent. It's a landslide. Second-year quarterbacks. Yeah, sounds like the NFL to me. Sounds Quite like the NFL. Key, you had Trevor Lawrence one, Justin Fields two, Mac. I'm doing this for memories. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mac Jones three, Zach Wilson four, Trey Lance five, and uh, uh, Davis. Uh, who am I thinking Uh-oh. of? Davis, Davis Mills. Davis Mills, sick. His parents uh, should have just yeah. called him David, man. Just, you got to yeah. call it Davis. Davis, it throws me for a loop every time. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's right? Yeah. It's and then, and then as soon as you, as soon as you, and as soon as you say David, you know who's going to be in your ear. <laughs> His name is Davis. We have to don't don't affect the credibility of the show. Is that what I sound like? <laughs> yes, you're Sean McVay. You're our two Sean of you McVay. for a second. A no, he's somebody else. But we'll tell you when we're off the show. So, Key, you think it's I, look? I think a lot of people would say. Trevor Lawrence won, but you got Justin Fields too, just because you believe in the talent, huh? Yeah, I think the talent. I think the talent is going to outweigh the scheme in what they put in which they put in for him this year. I think his ability to be able to use his legs and move around, they're going to get a lot out of him because I think coming in as a head coach, you see what they did to screw him up last year. So you're coming in as a head coach now, and your offensive coordinator, and you're sitting there saying, "We're not going." to do that we're going to let him be what he was why they drafted him and moved up to get him in what he was at Ohio State coaches that are new head coaches you know the first thing they do they go back and they look at the success that he had in the system at Ohio State and they try to implement that into their overall game plan and scheme so that you can maximize that talent I feel like when we talk about Justin Fields there's a little bias on this show and I'm going to be honest with you I'm all for it I'm with you having him rank number two. Even though I don't really, truly believe it, I think I will put Mac Jones ahead of him there. Like, well, I like bi- bias in what? Bi- bias in what sense? I'm not a Chicago Bear fan. No, but bias or I'm not an Ohio State fan. Him for who he is as a player and what we see the potential for him to be. I think that's not exactly what it is right now, considering the cover looks empty. 
But how is that biased? Well, what about Key wanting to correct? I think there's a natural tendency to want to correct. But I like Mac Jones too, and I like you like Justin Fields more than Mac Jones. Get out of here. There's a natural tendency. There's a natural tendency to want to correct for what you may feel are other other people's biases. For example, we discussed it earlier in the show. When we see black quarterbacks slide in the draft, a lot of times you hear buzzwords like uh, you know don't 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 process it quickly enough. And even though he wasn't the only black quarterback in that draft, right? and he was the one who slid, still it was applied to him. And so no. I think there's a natural tendency to say, wait a minute, I'm calling no, BS. N- no, you know why? Because Malik Willis wasn't good to me to be going in the first round. Yeah, yeah, I get so, that. I, I mean, get that too. And, Trevor, yeah. and, 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 and Trey Lance is on my list, and he's five. Right. And so there's, the, no, there's no bias somehow it applied about to, that. It yeah. still, I know what you mean, right? You can say, well, it's not the, – the, the examples don't back that well, up. Well, maybe, 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 Max, I'm balancing it by dropping them down, huh? <laughs> that, that'll be the – look, look. That'll be the next thing with him <laughs> yeah. saying. Ah, oh, he's just trying you to balance it. You can't just be evaluating, guys. You know, it, but it, by the way, it is hard to uh, make perfectly eva- uh, uh, objective evaluations because we all bring our own perspectives to it. You know what hey, I mean? Hey, guys, like, on, on a random note before we go, because we're coming back tomorrow, can you guys please get updated on what's happening with this Amber Heard, Johnny Depp case? No, I refuse. I need, you, I need I refuse. you to get updated on it. I need it. Can't do it. I see it everywhere. It's not news. There are important things going on in the world. I cannot believe it's being covered like news. It's, okay. it's ridiculous. Anyway. anyway it's, I, I still saying. couldn't tell you what the hell is going on. I don't that's care. My point. It's everywhere. That's my point. I, this is the problem with the world right now is that is covered as news. That's the anyway, very problem. Like and you're trying saying, to contribute to that, Jay Will. going to be great in Chicago. Oh, I know all about it by Davis tomorrow. Mills' and parents should have named David to make our job a lot tomorrow. easier. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.